Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Mr. Davis. I hope I sound okay. I've got a completely new setup because everything I had at the start of lockdown has died. It's gone limp. It's it stopped working. So I got a whole new setup. And I'm joined by Luke Warm Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. How the devil are you? Did you not get like a new microphone? Because at the start of lockdown, you were using your Blue Yeti mic, and then you got the new microphone, and you had a mixer and everything. So is that one now failed? So that one, as you know, because that's what you're using right now, is ridiculously heavy, mm-hmm. and it Always goes heavy. at the end. It goes at the end of a tripod that's very clunky. Uh, I don't know if you're still doing this, but for the last four months, I've been using a denim jacket as a counterweight. Oh, yeah, I'm actually using just my coat uh, as a, as yeah. a counterweight, like my um, like my winter coat as well. So when we've gone outside in the snow, for example, um, also mine's broken. So like you know, like the the joining bit at the top, mine just comes out. So mm. if I like, so I just basically just have to take the top bit off, lay it on the floor, and then take my coat off, so I can then wear the coat. Yeah, mine mine's not that bad. It sounds like yours is worse than mine. <laughs> I can fix this for you if you just let me know. I, well, I tried to fix it myself with Gorilla Glue, mm. and it worked for a little bit, and then I knocked it once, and then it just comes off again. And I'm like, Do you know what? It's fine. I just won't collapse it. I, I've got my own little office, so I can just push it. One of the benefits of having so many house, like so many rooms in my house. So many houses. That, so many <laughs> oh, houses in my room. You've got an addiction. Dude, the green screen is just it's just left up there. It's just in bedroom three, just left up because just and I, I haven't had to use it for two weeks, but I've just put it up there. I've just left it there just in case I need to use it for anything. It's not bothering me. Well, my mic stand has has started to suffer with let's call it what it is, erectile dysfunction. The the microphone will just flop forward every time I want it to be rock hard, 
for the podcast recording, it just flops. And I thought there is only so much longer that this can last before it becomes completely unusable. Uh, a phrase jumps to mind, stuffing Play-Doh. Mm, someone like once it. said, someone once mm. told me, you don't want to you don't want to do that when you've had too many whiskies, he said. <laughs> it's like stuffing Play-Doh. Mmm, tasty. <laughs> On a disgusting, disgusting turn of phrase. So yeah, I Out bought uh, rather than buy a new tripod, which would probably be a lot easier and less expensive. I just bought a whole new microphone setup. <laughs> Hey, dude, if that's what works for you, man, that's what works for you. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's get into the show itself because we've got quite a bit to discuss on Raw this week because it's only two weeks until Elimination Chamber. And I think WWE just realized that they're like, oh, spec, we need to book a, a pay per view. <laughs> so let's get into that and then we'll uh, discuss this a bit more in the outro because I've got some other questions for you. Here's the show. I th- thought he was gone. I thought I thought I thought Raw Underground that was it, and then it just moved to a, a backstage producing role. I thought he was gone, Luke. Why is Shane McMahon back in WWE? I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by lukewarm Luke Owen. We're going to be reviewing all of WWE Raw last night's episode, which opened with the return of Shane McMahon. For no apparent reason, only just Ooh. a crap on everyone involved. But yes, let's speculate why he's back. I was going to say, you say there's no reason at all, but of course there's a reason at all. WrestleMania is round the corner, so of course. And they're in a, a stadium where they want to going to sell, you know, tickets and stuff. And what better way to sell tickets than to put one of your biggest stars that you've got? back on the show where he can go and have a showcase match. That's what WrestleMania is for. So I don't know why we didn't see this coming. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Your introduction to that really did make me laugh because we actually did have someone um, leave a comment right at the start of this, like as soon as this video went live, who was most upset at us for the title that we gave this video, um, calling us assholes. We don't own the industry. He's a legend. He should be able to do this. You don't control the company. You can't book people that you want. That's fair. That's a fair comment. They're correct. I do not own WWE. And neither mm. do you, but we're no, going to bitch and moan about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to bitch oh, and yeah. moan all day long. Uh, well, you but, of course, because Shane McMahon's back and I don't want him here. I imagine a lot of people also want to cover one of the other things that happened on this episode. But don't worry, folks. We'll do the whole play by play later on. He said the thing. He said it, folks. I said the thing. That's the, ho- that's uh, the whole truth. That's the whole truth. But we will talk about Shane McMahon first off. Let me just recap the opening. We got a video package talking about Seamus and uh, Drew McIntyre's decades-long relationship that they've had for a hot second in WWE. But, you know, they, they did a good job of it. And then they open the whole show, the whole, 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 whole show on Adam Pearce in the middle of the Thunderdome. And he says, here's Shane McMahon. 
You know, that's it. He just says, here's Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon comes out. Shane goes, hi, you're doing a great job, Adam. By the way, Elimination Chamber is going to have Drew McIntyre defending his, his WWE Championship against Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Sheamus and The Miz in an Elimination Chamber match. You're doing a great job, by the way. Again, Adam Pearce walks off. And that's it. Well, that's because I believe that they are setting up Shane McMahon's big match for WrestleMania is going to be Shane versus Adam Pearce, the winner of which will become the general manager or the authority figure for both Raw and SmackDown. Or maybe it'll be someone as a stand-in for Adam Pearce. But like, I think that there is, I think the story is like this story, this whole angle seemed to be setting up the story that Shane is looking to get power back. And he was sort of like undermining Adam Pierce and be like, oh, by the way, you're doing a great job, buddy, like a real top notch job. And I wonder if they are going to spin this into being that actually Shane, Raw Underground didn't work. So Shane's now looking for a new project for him to run and his new project to yeah. run. Maybe maybe they'll be like Raw and SmackDown general managers and we'll have like defined mm. general managers again. The, yeah. So what's this? Like, I mean, to, to WWE's credit, that's two and a half years after they said no more authority figures. Yeah. I, I thought that stance would end within six months. So oh, well, well done. Purge. Yeah, well done, yeah. actually. I like, two and a half years is pretty good going. Like if, if even Cody said, you know, which he did, he lost that match. I'm never going to challenge for the AEW world title again. And then he did two and a half years later. I'd be like, eh, but it's wrestling. Time's passed. Yeah. So who knows? Um, Shane wasn't done there, though. He also was almost on a vendetta to crap over Sheamus. So <laughs> True McIntyre confronts Shane backstage. Shane is like, it's like he wants to get out of there as soon as possible. Like he's just he's committed a crime. Yeah. He's thing. He hasn't got his sweet 16th birthday party at Raw, Reu like Raw Underground. So he may as well just go now. He missed Omos by like a minute. Shane McMahon left the, the ring with Adam Pearce and then AJ Styles and Omos came down for the first match. Like a minute, that Shane could have looked like, oh, you used to be my bodyguard. Not my bodyguard, <laughs> sorry, the, the doorman. What about of that? Of Raw Underground. You're absolutely right. I thought you were just saying that he wasn't distracted by how tall he was because like everyone else is, like everyone else just stops what they're doing whenever they see just how tall that man is. But Shane was actually just quite happy to just walk past him. Shane discovered that guy. He 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 spotted him out above a crowd. Technically, Akira Tozawa discovered him because he was the big ninja first. That's fair. That's fair. So Shane McMahon goes backstage after that, and he's going to get into his black SUV thing to be driven away, because why would you want to stick around for the show your family runs? And Drew says, I, you know, I, I felt like that was a pretty heel move, that Shane was getting out of there as soon as possible, because a lot of people had questions, chiefly Drew and Seamus, because Drew said last week, I'm going to face Sheamus in a one-on-one -on -one for the WWE Championship because he turned on me at the start of last week's episode. Drew says this to Shane as he's getting in the car, and Shane says, yeah, but we needed a big match for the pay-per-view. Can I put out a worse idea? It's, I, you know, we're all talking, like, we now know what Drew's Elimination Chamber match is, right? We know we li it's likely going to be Edge versus Roman at WrestleMania, which leaves the question, who's next for Drew. And if Shane McMahon is talking about oh, making no. big matches with big stars, maybe 
Shane is going to like, he's going to also going to use like go over Sheamus again and be like, no, I need to have the WWE championship match at WrestleMania because it's got to be a big show with a big star. And that big star is me. To be fair, like if they're announced, imagine they did this whole segment again and they're announcing all the people who are going to be in the chamber match, maybe make everyone else qualify, but one space is held free. And that's revealed on the next episode on the Go Home Show as the best in the world, a heel Shane McMahon in an elimination chamber match. I'd quite like that. I just like, I mean, I said it was a worse idea, but it's not like the worst idea in the world that like in the world that Shane McMahon, heel Shane McMahon announces himself as the WWE championship contender. And the whole story is he should not be getting this shot. And there are 10 other guys that should be. That's actually quite a fun story to tell for Drew. And Drew can then just go in there and easily destroy him. Right. Unless of course, like Shane's got a bodyguard or something. He's got his own Omos. That could actually be quite a fun story for Drew going into WrestleMania. I tell you what's happening here is because me and Luke just watched Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Mr. McMahon at St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And it's so much fun that we're just like, just do that again. (laughs) I I mean, I'd say like if, if they're leaning into this idea, Drew, I mean, we're fantasy booking now. This isn't what is happening, folks. But last week, Edge came out, said to Drew, hey, You've not got to be so respectful to the legends. Like some of us are douchebags and I might just choose you. I'm the ultimate opportunist. If Drew had a feud with Shane McMahon before WrestleMania to teach him that not all legends are great and deserve our respect, like that's a that's a great bit of character growth and a proper arc, but that's not what they're doing. You think it's going to be Shane McMahon versus Adam Pearce at WrestleMania? I, I think that's only I'm just basing it on what this angle was. And like the purpose of this angle was to establish that A, Shane is a heel, and B, he's undermining Adam Pierce. And he's doing it in a very um sort of condescending way. Like that, that's what I got from from this segment. Maybe that's me misreading uh, the segment. Although as Norrin Rand, the silver surfer, has just pointed out, Drew used to be Shane's bodyguard. So they've got history. Was that was that Dolph Ziggler and Drew as Shane's no, bodyguard? It was just Drew. Remember Drew and Drew and Shane had tank matches together. Do you remember? Do you remember the Cedric reveal with Roman Reigns when he was the janitor? Oh. That was against Shane and Drew. So they've got this. They've got this history. Shane could say, "I'm the man that discovered you. You're the, you're only the champion because I put you on the map." It's more story for them. It's weird that Shane's come back on mm-hmm. the road to WrestleMania. Like, ratings are bad right now. Edge didn't really make a lick of difference on Raw last week. He certainly didn't make a difference on NXT. Like, that was, you know, quite a scary number, really. So, WWE, I th- we already know that WrestleMania 37 is going to involve a lot of part-timers coming back. Because apparently, unfortunately, WWE management don't feel like they have enough stars. It's a freaking catch-22 situation in their heads, I guess. Like, well, we can't build new stars. We haven't got any new stars. Get the old guys back, meaning we can't establish new ones. So, yeah, I think at the very least, Shane McMahon has a WWE match at WrestleMania. Oh, 100%. Also, it's a two-night event. Like, there's going to be 30 matches 
at WrestleMania this mm-hmm. year. Like, so if Shane has a match, like that's just one match out of thirty that uh, that, that involves Shane McMahon. Like, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for the other guys on the roster to have filler match. Like, we'll we'll get an Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley, a match that means absolutely nothing. And I can guarantee you, everyone forgot that happened at WrestleMania last year. But like, that's the sort of match that Elias versus Baron Corbin, like absolute mm-hmm. nonsense matches that no one cares about because they'll need to fill this card somehow. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey everyone, it's Luke Owen here from the WrestleTalk podcast, just letting you know that the video versions of the WrestleTalk podcast is now on a new and exclusive home. If you've been watching the WrestleTalk podcast video version uh, for the last four years, you'll have known it was on WrestleTalk, but because of YouTube algorithms and uploads and blah blah views etc etc we've been instructed by some very very smart intelligent algorithm boffins that our uploads are kind of like they're butchering some of the plays so what we've done is we've now moved the wrestle talk podcast off of wrestle talk and are putting it on an exclusive youtube home wrestle talk podcast nothing else is changing you're still going to get your pay-per-view reviews raw aew smackdown the magazine show with myself and denise if you do watch the video version of these podcasts by the time Elimination Chamber rolls around, it will only be available to find on the WrestleTalk podcast channel. Don't go to WrestleTalk, you'll only find the WrestleTalk news there. WrestleTalk podcast channel. But if you just search WrestleTalk podcast, you should still be able to find it. That's all from me. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the show.
Let's see what you guys say on the hyper chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get all of your hyper chats in there. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. Uh, the moderators have put in here in my little uh, document. Poor Shane. No one cares enough about him to ultra chat. I really thought that we would get... I mean, I know that people just want to talk about Nia Jack saying, ow, my hole, because, of course, that is what everyone wants to talk about. But it is like... It was the most watched clip from WWE's YouTube channel was that Shane mm. McMahon has returned. I really thought there would be at least one person who was said, like, here's my take on Shane McMahon coming back. Are you telling me that Linear and digital eyeballs are different, of hey, different well, values. That is not what Nick Khan told me. Nick Khan told me that they're the exact, like, it's we've just changed the audience. Mm -hmm. uh, so because we don't have any Shane Ultra Chats, I'll move on to the more wholesome stuff of Nia Jax. Uh, Nate S says, Ollie, how many holes are there? Jam that jam, hole that hole. Uh, Gabriel Reyes, my boyfriend and I spent four minutes laughing at Nia Jax's line. Hashtag jam that hole. Wait, no, that doesn't work. Hashtag jam that jam. Love you guys. Uh, and Mayor of Painesville, Dan, hello to the whole gang. I have to confess, I have not watched the whole show. This whole raw thing is way too much for me, but I am sure as hell going to watch the whole review. This is going to be hilarious have a big one for holes here i'm done now <laughs> yeah nia jack said ow my holes <clears throat> and i burst out laughing it was she's proper funny people on the internet us included sometimes don't like nia Jax, but today we are all in awe of her comedic heel improvisation yeah, improvisation that clearly WWE were not happy with because they censored they censored her saying "owl my hole" on uh, the YouTube clip, and I mean maybe we'll just talk about it briefly now. But it did make me think of that TNA match when um, she says "owl my vagina hurts." Yes, yeah, different hole. I Did, mean, well, I don't know. Don't know. She she didn't specify which no. hole it was that hurts. So yeah, it could be. I, if I was to say my hole, but again, I am a man. I only have, well, I've got ears, nostrils, mouth hole. I don't count that as a hole, but I know what you like, mean. Yeah. More of a, more of a slit. <laughs> this is a, <laughs> hey, Louis here. Louis here, everybody. <laughs> I was just about to say that Louis just sat in the waiting room to come and plug Wrestling Daily. We're just like, is a pee hole a hole? Louis, what are you, is is this what Wrestling Daily's topic of discussion is tonight? When my parents tell me I don't have a proper job, I'm not going to show them this last 30 seconds worth of, uh, worth of, um, of content. But uh, you, you show them the whole thing. You're right. You show yeah, them yeah. the whole thing, not just that last 30 seconds. <laughs> it needs context. So if you said my hole hurts, I would assume you were speaking about the your bottom. That's mm. that's, that's, that's that's what I'd assume, regardless hey, Louis, of gender. Louis, I've got a great well, question for you. Louis, mm -hmm. does, sorry, how many holes does a straw have? Mm. I thought he was going to show us his butthole for a second, then to prove the point. <laughs> well, way to win an argument. <laughs> 
as a straw. Let me check. <laughs> so, I'd say two, but it could be one because it is it is it just one continuous hole? Mm-hmm. Whole faces. I mean, when is a hole a tube? Exactly. Yeah. Is this a tube or a, or two holes? Do you remember back when Mr. Anderson, Mr. Kennedy, the former Mr. Kennedy in WWE, was in TNA, and he he called his fans assholes. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're my assholes, and I was one of them. I would like, I'm an asshole. He was so it's a good. Term of endearment. It's a term of endearment. But it's, it's the funniest thing Nia Jax has ever done. In this Best t-shirt was his t-shirt was just like my like you know you're my assholes, but like the two s's were censored, so it would be like a star star hole. A hole's a thing, is it? Yeah, a hole. A hole. Yeah, exactly. Tell tell us about wrestling daily tonight, Chloe. So as the serious uh, wrestling news show. Uh, put out by Wrestle Talk on the brand new exclusive Wrestling Daily YouTube channel. We have got a very special guest on today's show at 8.30 UK time, so 3.30 in the States. Uh, we will be joined by Josh Barnett, ahead of Bloodsport. So for those that don't know, Bloodsport is, if someone ever says to you wrestling isn't real, show them Bloodsport, because <laughs> wrestling will be real. It is... Basically, just wrestlers deciding. No, 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 no. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have a fight now. Um, so the show is main evented by Jeff Cobb, who many of you would have seen on AW uh, television last year. So we're going to be speaking to Josh for a, for a portion of the show. Obviously, speaking about Raw as well. But with Josh, we'll be speaking about what Bloodsport is for you guys that haven't seen it. Um, why the show's so special. What goes into making them. Um, so for more details on that, make sure you are. Uh, subscribe to the Wrestling Daily channel and the the stream goes live at 8pm UK but we'll be welcoming Josh at 8.30. Apologies for the doorbell. Does someone need to get the door? Can you ask him him about one of mine and Luke's favourite recent angles or maybe not an angle which is at the New Japan in the US show about two years ago when Jay White kicked the announcer's desk so hard Jim Ross fell over, and Josh Barnett legit tried to start a fight with him. I will ask him whether I will ask him yeah. what happened. <laughs> Who were we talking to recently about that? Was it Sean? I can't remember. It might have been, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was, oh, well. it was so it was great at the time. Hmm? Yeah, Wrestling yeah, no, Daily. Like, Chloe, have you ever seen Have you ever seen the film Bloodsport? No, Jean Claude Van Damme film. Oh, it's great. It's brilliant. That is like one of the best Van Damme movies. Oh, it's good. I will, I will do that now. I will go and have a look. Uh, but yeah, on the on the exclusive Wrestling Daily YouTube channel, which the lovely moderators I can already see in the comments are putting the link to. So make sure if you're not subscribed there already, you are. We are, for those that don't know, we're a fun, interactive show. I like to call it fan-driven because that's what it is. If there's a topic you guys want to talk about, we will discuss it, whether it's NXT, the, the, the thing that Russell Talk doesn't cover, we cover that. He said the word, Luke. I had to kick him. You back in. You got timed Sorry. out for a second. So it, it, is, is that like a Voldemort thing? The promotion, the brand that shall not be named. That's what it is we, now. Yeah. We, that's, a film, that's a film reference. Um, it's a book so reference, yeah. Louis. Sorry, it's a book reference. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we, speak, we, we speak about any topics you guys want to discuss on the channel. So make sure you are there every weeknight from 8pm, apart from Mondays, 8pm UK time. Confusing schedule.
And it uh, says... Gabriel, Gabriel Reyes says, uh, Shane is always hit and miss for me. He can either be nice to see him back or exhausting, like near the end of the <clears> best <throat> in the world or all of Raw Underground. I was more annoyed that The Miz is in the chamber since he already has the briefcase. Yeah, I agree, Gabriel. Should we talk about that now? Because we've spoken about Shane McMahon, the the play-by-play player that the whole episode of Raw starts with that segment, which was the announcement of the Elimination Chamber match. Orton, Hardy, Styles, Sheamus, and Miz versus Drew McIntyre as the champion. Yeah, my first two thoughts were, where's Keith Lee? And, I mean, Miz in the chamber? Like, how uninspiring. Well, they said that the gimmick is that it's all former WWE champions and them being mm. former WWE champions is why they've got their spots within the chamber. But like, I was looking at this being like, you that means you had all of last week's show to have done something to set this match up, but you didn't do anything on last week's show to set this match up. So now you've just got Shane McMahon and Adam Pearce being like, and here are five lads that are going to be in the chamber along with Drew. Why didn't you just have qualifying matches last week? You could have had the same six guys, like the same five guys in there with Drew, but just done them as qualifying matches. That way, they've all got wins. They've all qualified for the match. They've all got momentum, as opposed to Tom Phillips just being like, hey, look at all these guys and all their momentum at the moment. Yeah, that was the the real big push on commentary that all these matches, but because we got uh, AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy as the first sort of opening match, and we got Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton in the main event. Those are those are guys who are all in the chamber, and the idea is you you win those matches, you get momentum. Uh, I completely disagree, and I would say wrestling psychology as a whole disagrees. The idea behind pay-per-views is you want people going in undefeated or with incredibly compelling storylines. And that's the intrigue. That's the reason for the viewers to buy the pay-per-view, because you want to see what's going to happen when all these unstoppable forces collide. But now I've seen AJ beat Hardy, and I've seen a screwjob finish of a DQ in the main event. Like It does the opposite of momentum. Yeah, and not only that, but like, what have we seen Jeff do for the last few months other than sometimes beat Elias and sometimes lose to Elias and or Jackson Riker? Like, who, who, who is looking at Jeff Hardy at the moment being like, well, there is a person who should be in line for a WWE championship shot? Absolutely. And like, and actually, I kind of agree with what some other people are saying is that doing the Elimination Chamber, particularly like <clears throat> this, where you have just said five guys, it kind of devalues the rumble a little bit because like mm. why Edge has had to go through 29 other men in order to get his shot at WrestleMania. Whereas these five have just, were just handed a title shot. So why did, why did Edge bother doing the rumble if he could have just been given a shot uh, the, the, a couple of weeks later? Yeah. There's so many things like underlying wrong with this. It's going to be a thumb match. It's the chamber. It's very hard to do it badly, but yeah, yeah. that's oh, a problem. Oh, oh. <laughs> Last year it says otherwise. <laughs> That's a problem. The lack of stakes that you've already mentioned is a problem. And another thing, and I don't know if people are going to accuse me of ageism here. I think I think anyone who starts throwing around that ageism uh, defense in in relation to the way WWE have booked their product for the last ten years is massively misunderstanding what ageism is. If anything, <laughs> this is pro age. WWE are pro aging. Um, that is that it's been pointed out the average age of the people in this match is 41. Mm. 
Yeah, well, you know, it was the, one of the oldest rumbles uh, in history this year. There were only two guys that were under 30 in the match, and one of them is Otis, who's 29. Like, he's barely under 30. But, you know, at the same time, like, Ric Flair was 40 when he won the WWE title in 92, in the 92 Rumble, and no one was looking at Ric Flair being like, he's too old. So I, I kind of, like, I can see sort of both sides of the argument. I, I think what uh, some people are sort of, I'm not going to say confusing because that makes me feel like I know more, which I, I obviously I don't. But I wonder if it's a case of because the five guys that are in there are guys we've just seen a lot of. So like they feel old because we've all seen them in these title matches constantly for the last couple of years. It doesn't feel like there's anyone new and or fresh. Like people are like, oh, why didn't someone like Cesaro win the Rumble? It's not like Cesaro's young. Like Why didn't someone young like Daniel Bryan? It's not like Daniel Bryan's young either. But they just, at least they sort of feel a bit different and they feel a bit fresh. So I think when people say the, you know, oh, it's just a load of old guys. Well, I think they mean it's just stale guys. No, like yeah. the Miz feels stale. Jeff Hardy feels stale. AJ Styles, it probably feels the freshest of the bunch. And like, he's probably one of the oldest people in the match. Um, like, you know, Randy, we've seen him face Drew over and over again. Seamus at least feels something a bit fresh and different, <clears> even <throat> though, you know, 10 years ago he was a champion. So like, I, I think that's, I can sort of see both sides of, of the argument here. Like my deal with the Elimination Chamber is I just wish that there were qualifying matches to get in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I th I think it's it's a bad sign for WWE that this lineup. You know, I know AJ was in a different company at the time. McIntyre has obviously come a long way, but really, it feels like an elimination chamber match that could have been put on ten to eleven years ago. E easily, if Sheamus and Miz were an elimination chamber match <clears> in twenty ten, <throat> you you would have bought it because you're like, oh, absolutely, yeah. it would have been. And actually, you know, a few people have been saying that you know, if it's former WWE champions, why wasn't Kofi? in the match which is an excellent would like that yeah yeah but do you know what it just really establishes that wwe see him as nothing but a tag team guy it's like why well, we can't, can't put kofi in there he's a tag mm -hmm. guy he's in the tag team feud at the moment with retribution so you can't take him out of that storyline and just put him into the elimination chamber because he's not a main eventer anymore um but at the same time, at least he would have felt a bit fresh and different. Having said that, if Kofi Kingston was in an elimination chamber match like 10 years ago, you'd probably go, yeah, that sounds about right. I probably, he probably was. Wasn't he the guy Edge took out yeah, when he was what, going what, into the into the chamber? It was one of those, wasn't it? Yeah, like it feels like Kofi probably wasn't a chamber match yeah, 10, 12 I'm years sure ago. Was. Uh, you need someone to jump off the chambers, don't you? You need that guy in there. Uh, so the first match was AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy for Momentum. They actually had a really decent match. I quite mm. liked it a lot. But nice psychological fundamentals. AJ worked over Jeff's knee that had tweaked when coming off the top rope. And it eventually became a calf crusher for Jeff to tap out. Jeff tapping out, like the, one of the more humiliating ways to admit defeat, the week before, he or like two weeks before he does the pay-per-view match, you, that's ineffective booking but for an on-screen tv match i enjoyed this yeah and that would be my other thing for elimination chamber don't just put all the people that are in the match in matches together because some of them are going to unless it's randy orton and drew some of them are going to have to lose and mm -hmm. that means that then going into the elimination chamber with losses behind them so if anything no one really gains any momentum going in Keith Lee and Matt Riddle are backstage Matt Riddle recaps his weekend of watching the Airbud franchise which is the the one about the dog Who that plays plays basketball. plays basketball, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because you know he's he's a stoner, 
And that's the sort yeah. of stuff he likes to do with his spare time. Kind of no sells Lashley's brutal beatdown of him last week. There are two yeah, different Matt Riddle characters. Eye. He had a black eye. There are two different Matt Riddles right now. There's the stupid, idiotic, slightly annoying one backstage in promos. And there's the really good guy in the ring. Yeah. And it's, I, I don't like him in backstage segments. And then he gets in there and he has like that match that he has later with Keith Lee. And I'm like, oh, actually, yeah, no, he is great, isn't he? Like, that's the, that's the Matt Riddle I'm into, not Michelangelo Matt Riddle. Uh, Seamus shouts at Adam Pierce for not giving him the singles match, quite rightly, I think. But, you know, Pierce is again saying, yeah, but we need a, we need a better match for a pay-per-view. Drew yeah. versus Seamus, the match we've been building for six months. Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, then Retribution, the combination of T-Bar versus Slapjack, took on New Day uh, mm. and New Day <laughs> beat them. Yep, uh, Xavier Woods has had matches with Retribution every single week since January 11th. Every single week. But they're in different combinations. It's, it's the, it's, I'm, dude, I'm, it's Groundhog Day. I'm watching the same thing over and over again. I'm literally watching Xavier Woods wrestle these same lads again and again and again. And, it's, and now I think they are actually 50-50 in terms of how many times Woods has won and how many times Retribution has won. Yeah, the tide started to turn when Kofi's come back. Uh, it was, I mean, this was Kofi's he return from injury. Before Kofi came back. He was already no. beating them before Co- he did. He beat Slapjack before Kofi came back because we said like, oh, yeah, well, the, because... where's the story now? Because the whole point is that he can't win without Kofi and then he just won. You're right. I gave WWE too much credit. I thought they're only slightly bad at telling that story. <laughs> they're much worse. So, yeah, this was Kofi's return from a jaw injury about a month out. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a, li- a little bit unceremonious, unfortunately. Uh, Ali was very good on commentary but they hit the daybreak on Slapjack to win. You're not hitting that on T-Bar. And yeah, it's like, I d- mark my words, this wasn't Retribution Prime. You know, I think next week, Slapjack and Mace, New Day are going to beat them. Slapjack takes the pin. And then on the pre-show for Elimination Chamber, New Day versus T-Bar and Ali, which T-Bar and Ali win. To, to what end? So the feud, the, the the story they're telling. But isn't the storyline Ali? <clears throat> yeah, and they've already beaten him, which makes it problematic. But Kofi hasn't beaten Ali. Uh, well, yeah, well, Woods did. Yes, yeah. I'm trying yeah. to make sense here. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not massively into this storyline. I, I I will say, and it doesn't it doesn't help the fact that I've seen it now for what feels like eight weeks. Ric Flair came out wearing a shiny suit that made his head look so red. Oh, dude, he was like, he, you know, like in um, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when uh, <laughs> she turned purple, right? Yes. So it, it felt like Ric Flair had had a strawberry or something, and that strawberry was turning him into a strawberry. Loosen the tie. But like, <laughs> does Lacey just put it on too hard? Anyway, he comes out. I mean, there's like, there's, this episode of Raw, by the way, was all over the freaking place. People would make their entrances, then there'd be an ad break, then you'll cut backstage and Damien Priest's high-fiving Bad Bunny, and then a, like some promos would happen, then you're back in the ring with the people who came out like four segments ago. You're like, 
what were they doing in the ring all that time? I didn't like the way this episode was laid out in general. I thought they went to, I do I do like it when they spin a lot of plates, but this was this was sort of ADD levels. Like, well, there was someone just left a comment there that said, of course, we're burying Raw. That's all we ever do. AEW marks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There was something I did like on this show. This was not it. I really, re like, if you thought, <laughs> if you think that, like, us was, I was burying WWE because that retribution segment, wait till I get to this segment here because this segment was horrible. From start to end, this <sighs> absolutely sucked. Sucked so bad. Well, let me, let me recap it and then I'll let you go to town. Ric Flair cut a promo where he revealed that he's managing Lacey Evans now. It's not a sexual relationship thing. He thinks that she's better than Charlotte and he wants Lacey to fight Asuka for the title and win the Raw Women's Championship. Out came Charlotte. They had a god-awful match. Nothing worked. That like You could see them talking to each other to do spots over again. And Charlotte was... I don't know, botched a figure four or something. And Charlotte just started beating up Lacey to the extent where the referee's like, no, DQ, you lose. And Lacey wins. And then later on, they announced, that means Lacey, the person who just got beat up, is going to face Asuka at the pay-per-view for the title. Yeah, so this segment started with Flair and Evans cutting a promo. And then... Uh... Flagger, by the way, all in their gear. So, to, to, because they, they were going to have an impromptu match that got set up from this segment. Thankfully, they were in their gear. And in this, Lacey Evans asked to be a tag team partner with Charlotte Flair. And Charlotte Flair said, with a straight face, I already have a tag team partner. Her name is Asuka. Like, what are you talking about? You're not tag partners. Like, that's not a story anymore. That's that's completely done. And if it is, where's Asuka been? Why hasn't Asuka come out to any of your matches? They they, they were the tag team champions, Luke. <laughs> exactly. I don't know what more I can say to you. You're absolutely right. And then they were like, yeah, okay. So if Ric Flair has heard from WWE management that if I can beat Charlotte Flair in a match, then I can become the number one contender to Asuka. Forgetting the fact she's beaten Charlotte twice up until this point because she's beat her in a tag match and she beat her in a singles match. So why is this match now specifically for a number one contendership? I think the obviously the way WWE's interior ranking system works, I'd love to get a look at them one day, is it's about accumulative points. So <sighs> Charlotte was up here, so Lacey needs to beat her a few times to leapfrog her. I see. That's what they do in chess, I think. And then at the end of the segment, they were like, we're going to have this match right now. So Lacey Evans like brawls with Charlotte to the outside and throws her into the ring steps. Oh no, Charlotte, the baby face, is now at a disadvantage against Evans, their heel. We're going to cut to commercial. What is going to happen to Charlotte Flair when we come back from break? Obviously, Lacey Evans will be working over Charlotte and then she'll make a comeback. Nope, Charlotte Flair's on top. Charlotte Flair's winning. So why did you do the spots? Why did you mm -hmm. have her get laid out with the, oh no, how is she going to, because she just recovered. She literally just got back up and just started beating her up again. And every time Lacey Evans like got one over on her, Charlotte Flair just started beating her up again. Like, so Lacey got absolutely nothing out of this. Then, as you say, botched things left, right, and center. There was a moment in this match where Charlotte was telling Lacey Evans to come forward so she could give her a big boot. Lacey, not hearing her, stayed in the corner. So Charlotte walked up to her, stopped, 
and then asked Lacey to slap her and then <laughs> we'll do the spot again. It was so clunky. And then to cap this all off, Charlotte gets DQ'd for kicking too much ass and Lacey Evans is the number one contender to the Raw Women's Championship, which, by the way, I think she's going to win. I think she's going to win at Elimination yeah. Chamber. So it's Flair versus Evans at WrestleMania. Yeah, Ric Flair screws over Asuka because they're best friends with Charlotte. You know, that, that, that'll hit Asuka hard. You can keep Charlotte Flair a babyface. We all thought it was going to be bliss. Nah, there's a darker timeline in store. Yeah, it's. I was thinking about the that there are so many people on this show now going into the pay per view with either defeats or being made to look terrible. Yeah, and that that you know the whole get that the name of the pay per view is the Elimination Chamber. Like everyone's really had to fight in an undefeated eliminate a way to get there but they're going against that very concept it's incredibly frustrating this was yeah like you said top to bottom a terrible terrible half hour of tv awful awful nonsense was all of this i absolutely hated all of this with an absolute passion which is a shame because you know what was came up next something absolutely awesome i love damien priest and bad bunny oh. together and why? What did you think I was going to say? Edge. Oh yeah, I forgot. Edge came out for a promo as well. And actually, do you know what? I really liked Edge's promo as well. I really, I thought, <laughs> I liked Edge's promo. The, so here's why I liked Edge's promo. Came out and he was like, he is a smart veteran. He's using his smart veteran mentality. <laughs> You're like, why would I pick an opponent now? Because I don't know who the champion is going to be. So I'm going to wait until after Elimination Chamber. Then I'll make my decision. That was fine. Until Bianca Belair cut the exact same promo later on in the show. And I'm like, well, don't tell the same story twice. Like, that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. But I like Edge's version of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was I thought it was fine. I'm a bit, you know, I've seen this three times now. Four, including this show. Five, if you include Bianca as well. Like, that, that pr promoting that someone's going to give an update on their who their, their shot's going to be. And the update is always, I'm still thinking about it. Is, is, I, I, I've, I've got tired of it. But yeah, after that, it was just a way to segue into Miz and Morrison coming out with Angel Garza. They're a team now. Like It's to say, whoever you choose, I'm going to cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase. Edge is like, whatever. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest come down for the Damian Priest versus Angel Garza match. And Bad Bunny helps Priest win. Priest looks great here. Priest looking awesome, like him being with Bad Bunny, I feel like makes him feel like much more of a star. Like this, I think this is one of the best main roster presentations of an NXT call-up they've had in quite some time. And I'm actually going to include Keith Lee in all of that. Because mm -hmm. Keith Lee, from the very start, despite the fact he beat Randy Orton, we did say, ah, there were some, uh, some, some mistakes along the way here, the music, the gear, etc. Then he started losing and not being on TV. But we are only in week two. So there's every chance that this could go off the rails. With that said, they quite like Bad Bunny. And the if the report is true that it is going to be Priest and Bad Bunny versus Miz and Morrison at WrestleMania, then maybe we'll get like an eight-week push. I think the the aside from the fact that there's always the worry that this could fall off the rails, I don't see there's much intrigue in Priest and Bad Bunny beating Miz and Morrison because, well, I've seen them beat them three times now. Like, I've seen them beat them at the Rumble, um, you know, because they made them look like idiots there. I've seen Priest beat Miz last week. He's now beaten Angel Garza. He's only got to beat Morrison next week, and now he's, he's complete the trifecta. So why do I want to see a tag match now with them with potentially winning again? 
Yeah, definitely. And I just I don't know how WWE are going to elongate this story for two months. They're not very good at doing that without massively repeating everything they've done. But Priest looks great for now. Uh, we got Drew McIntyre backstage saying it's mania season, so expect the unexpected. That's regarding the Elimination Chamber announcement. And when he's backed into a corner, he'll rip your face off. Very effective promo. And then we got my favourite thing on the show, Matt Riddle versus Keith Lee. Well, oh, we yeah. got the entrance. Then we cut backstage. Bianca Belair said, well, my my update is that I might choose Asuka. I might choose Sasha Banks. That's it. Cool. That, that, that's that's, that's it. Cool. <laughs> That's exactly the situation I thought you were in. So good, good to good to clarify that. Good to yeah. clarify you're not considering NXT, I guess. Uh, MVPs out for commentary. The way this was presented was it was kind of an unofficial, unsaid number one contendership for Bobby Lash's United States title. Keith Lee did a great job backstage earlier in Riddle's Stoner promo where it was like, huh, the NXT, sorry, the NXT, the US Championship. Mm, I want me some of that. And they had a great, yeah, I know it was uncanny. They had a great match. I love this match. I wasn't into Matt Riddle selling like a fish for the opening mm. part. Like he was really flopping around. And I think that's a WWE-ism. I think Matt Riddle's much better when he just plays it straight. But this was, you know, a couple of minutes in after that, they were going back and forth, telling a really good big guy, versus small guy with a lot of submission experience uh, story, and Keith Lee won with the spirit bomb. Yeah, this was the sort of match that we'd have seen these two have at Rev Pro, like, you know, uh, in, in London, because, they, you know, they've done a lot on the UK scene, and it feels like they were kind of like, you know, a, a, a smaller scale version of that sort of thing. Mm. It's like, it's done for TV, not done for a pay-per-view for in front of a live audience. But I thought this was a really, really good match. The, like, this is, this did so much more for Riddle. And the fact that he, like, I'm going to include the fact that he lost in here. This did so much more for him than any of the stuff they've done with Bobby Lashley over the last month or so, where they've just beaten him or made him tap out when the referee's not looking or being beaten, this and the other, being beaten by Shelton Benjamin and whatnot. This did so much more for him, just having this one match with Keith Lee. I thought it made him look great, made Keith Lee look awesome. And kind of like you were saying in your review, I was expecting this to set up Lee versus Lashley in a singles match as opposed to a triple threat, because I don't know why Riddle is getting yet another shot at this title that he keeps losing. Because they need someone to take the pin. I actually, you know, I, I really liked this match. Um, I, th I thought Riddle, unfortunately, is is sort of nearing that point of no return. In, in regards of ever being a proper main event star in WWE, oh, yeah. like that's over now, unfortunately. And that makes me tremendously upset. Uh, but I made my peace with it. Uh, this was like, but like maybe he's in the mid card mix, you know, but this when he, he was beaten here to Keith Lee in a 10 minute match, you know, he looked good in it. But ultimately it is at the expense of Riddle, a Riddle push. And then Lashley attacks them both from behind, taps out La uh, Riddle again, makes him look like an absolute chump. Great beat down on Lee. That was really mm. effective. Lashley's presentation, this more violent persona is really, really cool right now. But yeah, just like adding Riddle into this three-way, it just screams, yeah, we need we need Riddle to take the pin at the pay-per-view so we can build Lashley Lee through to WrestleMania. Which, you know, I, I, that's cool. But I, I just don't think this is the way to do it. 
or Riddle gets the sneak pin. You know, those two do their big beefy things and Riddle gets in and gets the sneak pin because he's a small guy. That is, you know, it's, it's certainly an option that they could go with. The other thing I, I really liked about this match actually was MVP on commentary because yeah. like WWE commentary provides nothing to matches. Absolutely nothing. Like, you know, God bless Samoa Joe. He's awesome and all that, but he's doing absolutely nothing on commentary. I, I forget that he's there. Tom Phillips is white noise. Um, and Byron Saxon, unless it's the New Day, adds absolutely nothing to any presentation. So when people like Ali get on commentary like he was for the Retribution match, it's something you're like, oh, commentary is here. Okay, I'm now listening to what the commentary has to say. But really, for me, I don't think enough people are talking about how good MVP was. Because MVP was putting over both guys, particularly Keith Lee, but would then in the same breath say that they're not as good as Bobby Lashley. Because he'd be like, look at the way that Keith Lee did that move. But if this was Bobby Lashley, do you know what Bobby Lashley would have done? Bobby Lashley mm. would have done this. Like, he was like, oh man, that was such a good pin. Like, that was such a good move there. If Bobby Lashley had hit that move, that would have been the end of the match because Bobby Lashley would have known how to lock in the pin. I thought he added so much to this match and he adds so much to the Bobby Lashley character. I really, really like those two. I do. You just reminded me, Lashley, when he ran in, picked up Lee right away and slammed him. And I was mm -hmm. like... Oh, it's a cool spot, but you can build a whole segment or an angle or a match around that, and now you've just done it. So, yeah. nah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just spots with without much regard to how it behaves in the overall story. Yeah, and that's going to be a three-way elimination chamber. After that, we got a video recap of the Orton and Drew feud so far with the unfinished business tagline, no night fishing goggles. Oh, yeah, I mean, you want to they save that for the when package. they have... You need to save that to when they have their official uh, final match, which will probably be at a pay-per-view something. Because they you know, they've got unfinished business now, but they're also having a match in two weeks' time, so it can't be that unfinished. Uh, Orton said... Orton cut a promo, said he's good at finishing unfinished business. Not according to that John Cena feud you weren't. No, or Edge uh, last week when you got beat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we got... Here we go, folks. It's probably the whole reason you're here. Lana took on Nia Jax in a tables match, unannounced, unadvertised, despite this being a, sh a, a program or a payoff that they'd been teasing since September. They told this story from September through to Survivor Series in November and just dropped it when Nia Jax would put Lana through announcer's desk after announcer's desk week after week, and then it just it was dropped. But here we are. Lana and Naomi are number one contenders to Jackson Shayna's women's tag team titles. We're getting a tables match to set that up. Okay. And they have a match. Meh. But then Nia Jax goes to hit a leg drop on the ring apron. Lana moves. Jax comes down hard on the hardest part of the ring and then sells it just brilliantly for her character, which is the sort of egotistical arrogant, bitchy heel. You know, like a bitchy girl in the locker room, I imagine, at high school or something. That's what she is. And you want to see that comeuppance. You know, you want to see them humiliated. And Jax, to her enormous credit, did that terrifically by going, ow, ow, you know, really, really comically overselling that. And then doing one of the most humiliating, embarrassing things you can do, saying how much her butthole her on national television. This was 
it came so out of left field as well because I wasn't really paying much attention to the match. Like the match was just happening, you know, and it's just Lionel trying to do something. Nijak's bats are away. The reason why I don't think I was paying much attention is because like, as you said, the storyline got dropped. Like they were doing the storyline all up and like through Survivor Series. Lana, lest we forget, was the sole survivor at Survivor Series by accident to further her storyline with Nia Jax. And then because Charlotte Flair came back, they just stopped doing it and then just kept Lana off TV. But now that Charlotte hasn't got the titles anymore, they can bring Lana back and just restart the feud again. So that's absolutely fine. Pretend that nothing happened. So I wasn't really much into this. We we're really paying attention. This and the other. And then she does this leg drop. And she's doing this big comic oversell. And I was like, this is almost like, like Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan levels mm. of just like, I, you know, that was supposed to be a serious match, but this is a comedy feud. And it was, she was saying, giving it the proper comedy sell. And then just said, ow, my hole. <laughs> I laughed so much. I basically missed the finish. Yeah. <laughs> the finish then is Lana just pushes her through a table. But she said on national TV, Ow, my hole. <laughs> and I've I've watched it so many times. And watching everyone else online, like all of Twitter just being like, that was that was so funny. Brian Alvarez freaking out about it. Like they had a backstage thing where uh, Charlie Caruso was interviewing Naomi and Lana. She was like, Why are you interviewing them? Ask yeah. ask Naya about her hole. Is her hole okay? It was, yeah, it's it's one of those rare things in wrestling. I think because it's spontaneous, not That's rare exactly in it. wrestling, rare in WWE, because it was so obviously an improvisational moment. It just happened off the cuff. Maybe Nia thought about it ahead of time, but it felt so organic. And and people connect to that. It feels more real. Or it, it, actually, it doesn't feel real in the slightest, but it feels like that. it feels in the moment, like we all witnessed creation at the same time. Make my whole T-shirts. Well, the thing is, I don't think they are going to, because as I said, like Foley said, this could be the Austin 316. Mm. I, I think a lot of people were expecting them to have a shirt out by Thursday for Nia Jax that says my hole or, you know, or something along those lines. But as you mentioned in the news, and I think a lot of people are now talking about in the comments, it was censored on YouTube. They put up the YouTube clip. She says, ow, but then there's just a loud bleep over her saying my hole which means that as you like, it was an improvised thing that Nia just did it in the moment, just off the cuff. As you said, maybe she thought about it, but she improvised it. She did it off the cuff. It was not approved by WWE and their PG product means that, well, we can't put that out there now. So that's now got to be censored, which says to me that they probably won't put it on a t-shirt unless of course in 24 hours time, they may have changed their mind and actually seeing all of this momentum for it, actual momentum and people really engaging with this. Then we're like, Do you know what? Let's, let's push that to one side. Let's actually go with this and we'll make some merchandise on this because we could make some legit money off the back of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Adam Blompier was messaging me over and over again to buy him a robe, a sleeve, <laughs> a silk dressing gown nightwear. For a video he's doing that boy always requesting boy. just wear the clothes you've got adam why <laughs> a wardrobe for you i maybe maybe wwe censored it because they thought that would make it more funny in a sort of tone deaf approach to what what would actually work because you know sometimes when you censor something it sounds worse than it actually is because Nia isn't swearing there. She's not even saying bitch. She's saying my hole. Like, you know, and it's butthole. It's like 
you d- oh, you kicked me in the ass. They don't they don't censor ass, do they? Uh so like I maybe they're just thinking, oh, it's funnier or it's more viral if we censor it. But that could yeah, there is always that argument. I just hope that they I I'm going to use this as a, as a verb, and I don't sort of really mean to. I hope that they Rusev day this, in and by that I mean that something that is supposed to be a one-off that they're like, oh, there's actually caught fire. This is something we can run with. This is something we can actually push the moon, and fire in go- the hole, <laughs> and they make some t-shirts out of this. My worry is that they could Titus World slide this, which is. Something happens on a pay-per-view where Vince McMahon thinks it's the funniest thing in the world because the man fell and he fell underneath the ring. That is hilarious. Now, every time the Titus comes out to the ring, oh, you need to tease that you may slide under the ring again because mm-hmm. that's funny because people will think of the funny thing that they like. There's every chance that like by in three weeks' time, we'll be like, I'm so sick of Nia Jax talking about the hole now because it's not funny anymore. Yeah, like a storyline will be based around Nia's butt keeps getting injured in some way uh if anyone's got some whole based merchandise you reckon wwe should make please uh pop them in the chats i've seen a few here which is like obviously whole day like rusev day uh fred beats is saying nia Jax just grabbed the brass ring nice that's good good one isn't it uh and valid mama de puddy for our board game channel no holes barred Surely that's. Now I think I've be, seen that movie. That's now got to be like the finale of this. It, it is Nia Jax versus Lana in a no holes barred match. In a no holes barred match. Yes, that's the one. Uh, okay, and then like it spun off after that into Shayna was beating up Lana because she won, and then Naomi ran in and they had a brawl and it was a match and. Uh, Naomi beat Shayna with a sort of distraction roll-up thanks to Lana get interrupting. So there you go. A year after her decisive victory at the Elimination Chamber last year, Shayna's losing via roll-up to Lana and Naomi. Yeah, as much as I very much enjoyed Nia Jack shouting, ow, my hole, this sucked. This was a horrible yeah. follow-up and I did not like it. Uh, Leon Quashi here has said Nia Jax's organic whole wheat bagels. Uh, maybe she could join the whole business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sat's fault. Contract on a whole match. Nice. There are loads here. Hole in one, Dion Chow says. Um, oh, uh, Sully Perfect 10 says a Tabe Holes match. I think we're reaching now, folks. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah, that is a bit of a reach. Hole of Fame, though. There it is. Oh, that's good. That's it. A Hole of Fame gimmick. Uh, buried Alive in the Hole. I don't think that not works. As, not as good as Hole of Fame. Hole <laughs> no, of Fame no. is very good. Holy Moly uh, is getting a lot of love. I saw ho, Holy S Word. That do that. <gasps> hole in a Cell from Anthony Brewer. Well, we've still got a main event and all your hyper chats to cover, so keep getting those. Oh, one more. Uh, not that one. <laughs> not that one. Adam Hole, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Uh, the main event was Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. 
the first time in 2021, Drew McIntyre pointed out rather sarcastically on Twitter. And, you know, they've had a bunch of matches, but I think I really like them working together. I think they've both got similar approaches of wrestling philosophy where they they use sequences that they've done in previous matches. They they base the structure around reversing each other's moves because they're so familiar with each other now. The opening sequence really was them both trying to hit their finisher and getting out of it. I, I, I love the way they wrestle. Uh, it, it went 10 minutes. Unfortunately, Sheamus came down early on in the match, sort of a literal red herring, but not a ringside, and just broke kicked Randy to cause a DQ at the end. Yeah, I didn't like this. Um, the match was fine and everything, but like it, as soon as they announced this on Twitter, I was like, well, that's ending in a DQ because Randy lost <laughs> last week and you're not pinning the champion this week, are you? So it's just going to be a DQ. So there's literally no point in me investing my time uh, in this match uh, or my, uh, you know, or, or my, all of my interest and stuff. And I didn't. And you know what? I wasn't disappointed because I didn't care. Because I set myself up for disappointment when the disappointing thing happened. I was like, ah, that's exactly what I expected to happen. I set myself up for more disappointment. So I thought this was pretty good. As soon as I heard <laughs> Auden versus McIntyre main event, and I'm like, I know how this game works. There's seven minutes of the show left. We're getting a screwy finish. And I was just like, oh, my God, Alexa Bliss is going to run in and cost Randy the match. Drew McIntyre said in an interview last week that he wants that fiend supernatural stuff to be nowhere near the WWE title. I thought, oh, my God, they're going to do it to punish him for saying that. We've had like a month now of Raw's ending with Alexa Bliss supernatural nonsense, and I'm over it. So when Sheamus just kicked a guy in the face, I was over the moon. And then, and then Drew... <laughs> Drew Claymore Sheamus, Drew got the stand tall. It was an effective way to show how Drew can handle himself with multiple guys. Giggity, giggity. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, but, you know, as, as effective as that is, it wasn't a good cliffhanger. No, no. And as I said, like I was just, I, I like you, perhaps I expected it to be uh, Alexa Bliss and or The Fiend, most likely Alexa Bliss. At least Sheamus causing a DQ was something different. But like, if you just keep doing DQ finishes every single week on Raw, or you know, eight times out of ten, then I'm not gonna care about main events. And I, th I am now at a point in WWE where like I'm, I don't care about main events anymore on Raw. And last week was a legit surprise when there was a clean finish, like a legit surprise when, and it, and it wasn't even that clean because Bliss, you know, interfered and whatnot. But what a, someone got pinned, Dolly. Like that was a legit surprise to me. So yeah, and so I'm I'm not bad, not that bothered, not that asked. It was what it was. Good on the whole. Uh, so let's we're going to have to breeze through a lot of these hyper chats because we've already gone an hour for an episode that really doesn't warrant an hour of discussion. So no. we'll get into all your hyper chats. Patreon shout outs. Yeah, I was, that's what I was about to say. Oh, we'll get to your sorry. hyper chats in a second. But first, 
it's your wonderful pledge hammers on Patreon who will be getting a Wrestle Talk extra podcast review from me and Luke later this week. Well, we're going to be covering St. Valentine's Day Massacre from 1999, which saw The Rock versus Mankind, an excellent last man standing match. It saw Al Snow get thrown into a river in a, in a hardcore river. championship match, and Mr. McMahon versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in a steel cage with the giant Paul White. Big Show making his WWE debut, where he would Good. go on to have an excellently booked career. Because mm, Vince McMahon knows how to book a giant. He was always complaining that that WCW, they don't know how to book a giant. I booked Andre. I know how to book a giant. So he had the Big Show show up and make a mistake on his very first night and cost his new employer a match. Hey, Great he guy. knows how to book a giant. Go over to our Patreon page and become a WrestleTalk pledge hammer today. Like these fine folk here, $25 a month or more backers. It's cheap pops time. Pledge hammer power. Hero in the half shell. Woo! Nice. Very good. Golden Nick Holden. Thank you. Spoken class today, Jeremy Smith. Apparently it's a pole jam song. It certainly is. Uh, the man who wears the gold, the man recognized by Swap, Na Swap Nation International as the 24-7 champion, our legend. I believe Truth has got the belt back now. Who cares? I thought a Super Bowl won it. Yeah, uh, the, Super my Bowl, Immortal Super did, the Super Bowl did win it, but then I think Truth won it back from the Super Bowl. My Immortal is my favorite song, Mashy. Uh, pick him up, Loot Sponge. Whoa, the notorious Aliata. Yeah. Hey, a Randy Orton reference. Dot, 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 dive, Dylan Cachetta. Thank you, Dylan. Intense Frank Campos. Oh, he's intense. The intellectual savior of the masses, Damien. Michael Plowman, that's his name. That name again is Michael Plowman. Very nice. And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class, the good bad guy, Bryant Heath. Thank you very much, everybody. Go over to Breast Talks Patreon to get loads of exclusive content. Now, your hyper chats. Go over to wrestletalk.com forward slash support to get them all in. This is the last call. Ding, ding, ding. Nate S. I can't stop imagining how hilarious it would be if someone took the heel route of hitting Drew with a low blow and he just yelled, ow, my balls. Hasn't Brock done that before from like low blows gone like, oh, no, it's um, it's Bubba Ray Dudley screaming across yes. to Taz. Taz, what? My <laughs> balls. I know, buddy. I love Bubba Ray. Someone reposted a TNA clip of him talking to Scott Steiner in a backstage promo today. <laughs> and Scott Steiner just talks gibberish and Bubba just looks at him and goes, English. <laughs> uh, Dar Train 24. My best friend came to America from Germany and English is her second language. I once sent her a text that said SMH and she didn't know what it meant. So she asked, does that stand for stuff my hole? This has me laughing more at Naya. Hashtag jam that hole. So shake my head is what SMH oh, is stands for. What it, I was about to say I'm old and I see a lot of people say SMH, but I've never actually Googled to know what it means. No, I think in context that makes sense. You know, like 
oh, WWE have booked Goldberg to fight Drew McIntyre, SMH. It's not like, you know, it's shake my head. It's not stuff my hole. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? Shut the fridge door. Stuff my hole. Should that be the new Wrestle Talk podcast slang? Well, stuff my hole. Yeah, like if something big happens that we can barely believe, stuff my hole. Stuff my hole. I can't believe they've done this. Uh, Adam Ulrich. Last week it was all about Ollie's balls. This week it's about Naya's hole. We're connected. Actually, they get everywhere, my balls. I found this <laughs> underneath my desk earlier. Uh, Siren Goddess 034. Try not to laugh. Nia Jax is trending. Love you guys so much. You guys have been the light of my past six months and have helped me through a dark period in my life. Always with the old authority. You're one of the good ones. Give me a yes, please. That's mixed messages. Hashtag jam that jam. By the way, everything is fakeador. You can't. They're not picking sides. They, uh, they're spreading themselves across everything. Uh, Seth Iroth. This is very rare. You have not hyper-chatted, but you made our moderation team laugh so much they've put their, your chat here. Well, it's the big hole. That is good. That is good. Well done. Uh, oh, I'll take over, shall I? You were giving me the eye, uh, the eyes there. Uh, Reese Johnson on the subject of the Elimination Chamber says, Afternoon, lads. Feel like we're stuck in 2010s. Hardy, Orton, Sheamus in a chamber. I understand their mainstream names. Hmm. Excuse me. <laughs> but when will WWE understand fans don't want that? We want fresh stars in there like Lee, Riddle, Black, Andrade in a chamber. That would be miles better. Apparently Andrade's injured at the moment. That's why he's not wrestling at the moment. That's what Sean was saying on Fightful. Well, we said the exact same thing earlier, Reese. I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. Darren Moody, uh, what would you guys think of AJ possibly winning the Chamber so we can have an Edge Styles match? I mean, I'd, I'd like that a lot, but it's at the expense of Drew, so I wouldn't do that, no. John McNeil, I have a sneaky suspicion that Orton will be in the position to win the whole thing at Elimination Chamber, then the Fiend will appear and it will uh, end in a no contest slash DQ. Oh, yeah, I can totally see that happening. Ends up with Autumn versus Drew as the final two. Fiend gets involved. That's the Fiend's return. Yeah, I can see that. I can certainly see it as well, John, but I don't think it'll end in a no contest. I think Drew will just get the win off the back of that. Uh, Blind yeah. Raw. Uh, Miz has two lives in the Elimination Chamber, but the pay-per-view is already worth my time with the US Championship triple threat. It's got Keith Lee winning by pinning Riddle, sending up the Mania singles match against Lashley at WrestleMania. Uh, yes, but that would give Lash that would give Keith Lee the belt. I don't think they'd do that title change on Elimination Chamber. Mayor of Painsville, Dan, I personally believe WWE ruined the Chamber by a lot. I was just writing a feature about the Chamber for the website. That's WrestleTalk.com's website. And it used to be about uh, the, the final test for the world champion. Hungry challengers willing to do anything to get on the show. They got lost. Uh, that's got lost along the way. Yeah, it's been, uh, what's the word? Diluted. Because you have two two matches every, every year now. Uh, but yeah, I, I miss that. Wayne Pereira says, Mr. Davis, you mentioned that you need a reason to buy the pay-per-view, but that's <clears> the problem. <throat> WWE's model since the network yeah. means you don't have to buy pay-per-views anymore. WWE don't care about the build to the chamber because there's no money involved in doing so. There is, though. It's called network subs. Like the, I, People, and, and I agree with you, people aren't buying pay-per-views anymore, although they were trying that last year. Like, WrestleMania was on pay-per-view. It was on traditional pay-per-view to buy. 
but just it's the same principle just instead of pay-per-view buys you're selling network subs yeah yeah i totally agree that's that's the driving sign up for the network is the pay-per-views not the exclusive content no one's signing up to the network to watch freaking ride along Caleb Maldonado won't be taking credits for this but it would have been better if they had qualifying matches for the chamber we could have had the matches tonight all be the qualifying matches still keep Keith Lee in that triple threat in the chamber just so they can justify that loss Caleb I I totally agree I'd have have done it last week Mm -hmm. on a show that on a show that had nothing that would have been the show to do it on Sean Blanford oh god they're sowing the seeds for Lacey with Rick versus Charlotte with Cardi B for the title at Wrestlemania aren't they right Sean Blanford well done you we actually had this in the news today that WWE's Nick Khan said they would love to work with Cardi B you're absolutely right it makes so much sense for it to be Cardi B she's got the feud with Lacey Evans Damn it, Sean. Damn it. Damn you. Uh, WWE Freak 385. Thank you for telling me all the things I need to know about Raw without having to watch the entire show and for all the entertainment through quarantine. Greetings from snowy Germany. Guten Tag. Snowy here too as well. Guten Tag indeed. Um, also, Vandalia. That's false. That's false. Uh, hey, don't diss Ride Along. Uh, Shadow Crib. It's... But, but, but Ride Along is great. But no one's signing up for it. Okay. I'm filtered with Renee Young. No one's signing up for I'm filtered with Renee Young. Do you want to come at me for that? WWE <laughs> Freak 385. Oh, no, I've done that one. Vandalia 1998. Is it strange that I no longer see these big returns by watching Raw anymore, but by watching your new shows? Speaking of heels and faces, when did Seamus even turn face in order to turn heel on Drew anyway? Well, that's the other thing I was going to say about Keith Lee. Keith Lee's story since he'd come to Raw has been, you know Seamus is going to turn on you, right? And now Seamus has turned on Drew and Keith Lee apparently does not care. Like he hasn't gone to Drew and be like, told you so. He's actually busy with Bobby Lashley now. No one likes it when people tell you I told you so. And, you know, yeah, Keith Lee is, is you can't have multiple friends. He's friends with Matt Riddle now. Can't oh, also be friends with Drew. Uh, Carol Wands, Trekkie386. Hi, Luke and Ollie. Dropping by as usual to get your take on Raw. Shane versus Drew would not be the worst match, but they could choose better. I'm still holding out for Edge versus Drew. Too many whole jokes today for sure. A special happy 36th birthday to CM Chris. Happy oh. birthday, Jam That Jam. Happy birthday, bud. Leon Quashy, Raw made a mistake with Seamus turning on Drew last week. Now it's just cookie cutter. You betrayed me. Why? Why? I'm jealous of you, Dynamic. Weird when they had already established that they are friends who love to fight and then they go have a pint. A much more interesting version of this would have been for Seamus to still be face going into this match and him being beaten here and that kind of frustrating him even more to kind of like fuel this heel turn. But, you know, at the same time, I'm quite intrigued to see where they are going to go with this storyline, which is you do realize you suck and no one likes you, so we're not going to put Mm -hmm. you on paper. Vandalia 1998. Well, to me, it sounds like the perfect main event for Fastlane. The biggest show of the year. Vandalia 1998. Shouldn't they have told that Ali wants revenge on Kofi back during 2019 after Kofi returned from injury when Kofi was still champion when he was during those summer promos? I mean, I'm all for long-term story booking, but two years with no breadcrumbs? Oh, because that, 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 sorry? No, you go. I was like, that isn't, this hasn't been the plan for two years. They've just made Ali the leader of retribution 
Then there are no other tag teams on Raw, so they're feuding with the New Day, and Ali cut a good promo on Raw Talk where he found his own justification for disliking the New Day, and they built the story around that. Yeah, I would, and I've said this to a few people before, but if someone cuts a promo on Raw Talk, that does not mean that it's something that's actually, it's not the actual direction. Like, Xavier Woods is not having a match with Reckoning. Like, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. But Ali has done that on Raw. He has mm-hmm. said that motivation in promos oh, there yeah. too. Decory Garman, Keith Lee versus Matt Riddle was great. More of this, please. Having the Lana Jacks match after was a bad idea because it was so lame. Did you not see the whole sp- Did you see the whole thing? <laughs> and slow compared to it. I want the real heel Lana, not this weakling. I understand the story, but to me it's rubbish. I would agree that it's not like it's not been a great story since September. This whole story that Lana's crap, but she keeps winning and everyone likes her because she's <laughs> crap. Yeah, she's a much better heel manager. But we all know that. I don't know why they don't book her that way. Leon Quashi, Asuka's title run has been a letdown, subpar title defences, and on the periphery of the real stars, Charlotte, Lacey, Lana, blonde. Also, Charlotte and Lacey have worse than zero chemistry. They have anti-chemistry? Physics? They repel each other in the ring. (laughs) Like two magnets of the same side. He's not wrong. It was a it was a clunky old match, but yeah, that's the other side of this is that now like Asuka is the third wheel in a feud between Charlotte and Lacey Evans, and she's the champion. I'll let you. I'll, I'll hot tag to you for the end. I'll hot tag in Reese Johnson. Uh, also, what do you reckon Vince thought to the Super Bowl having twenty two and a half thousand fans in attendance at Raymond James Stadium on Sunday? Genuinely believe that uh, that he'll use this as leverage to have fifty thousand in there for WrestleMania. Have a nice day, lads. I don't think they will, but for cost reasons, not for, you know, like if you run run it like that, you'll have to spend so much money and it'll be hard to break even. Uh, plus, like Super Bowl have done the first big major sporting event now in America during a pandemic, which is what WWE always wanted to do. So, yeah, I, well, I don't think they will. Just put in more fans. And that means you have the biggest attendance for a, uh, yeah, a, a sports yeah. event since the start of the pandemic. So that when you do the 24 documentary for the network, you know, a year later, you could talk about how you revolutionized um, uh, live products during this uh, pandemic, this unprecedented pandemic. Jobby JJ, uh, an ultra chat about Shane McMahon. Drew versus Shane at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. Shane wins clean as a sheet. Stop it, Jobber JJ. Stop it. Um, Black Adam, one thing I don't get in wrestling is why beating the tag team champions in a singles match gets you a shot at the tag team titles. You should have to beat them as a team instead of divided in order to get that shot. Uh, I Hurt business. I I disagree. I don't like champions being beaten before the championship match. I think that, (laughs) that is backwards and undermines the fact of them being champions in the first place. People should have to be other people who aren't champions to decide who's the best to go against the best. I I, I don't mind it. Uh, I think if it's done, like if you do it sparingly, like, okay, for example, um, Scorpio Sky getting that pin on Jericho uh, at the very start of Dynamite to like to set up him getting a shot at the AEW title. I've got absolutely no issues with that whatsoever because he pinned the champion. He should be getting a, a shot at the title. Problem is, if you do it 
as a way to set up every single storyline that you do that just means the champions are always just getting pinned like it was it felt special because jericho was not getting pinned at that point so one person scoring a pin kind of sets them up as a big deal uh, Nate S, uh, Seamus and Jeff Hardy in the chamber. There better be a piss thrown in the face spot. That's good S word. God, I forgot they were feeding. You're right. Absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Uh, Black Adam says also the same thing with the main singles title. Why does beating a singles champion in a tag match get you a singles match when uh, four people basically, uh, after four people beat them down? It's lazy booking is what it is. But I think there's more uh, justification if you pin someone in a match like you should... That's that's actually no, that's that's a better way of doing it, I think. Yeah, and as I said, like it's it's all about context. It's it's, it's yeah. the problem is not you pinning a champion; it's you constantly pinning champions. Uh, and Dylan Star says, "Ollie, you have to buy Adam the new sexy lingerie for his album." You all right? What was that? Oh, that was a door closing. Oh crikey! Are you sure? It's loud. Um, you it might very loud. It was so. It was. It felt like something had fallen, like mm-hmm. dramatically. I had snowfall off my roof earlier. It scared the bejesus out of me. Uh, Dylan Starr says, uh, Ollie, you have to buy Adam the sexy lingerie for his Al My Hole video. Please, please, please. It's now all I want. Jam that hole. Al My Hole. Let me. What is. I don't. Please, please, please. It's. I don't want to do that, but I've, I, I don't know what video it's for. God. <laughs> And finally, we just have one more come in. Gabriel Reyes. Have to start getting ready for work. Glad I could get uh, catch the whole entire show. Hope you guys have a great rest of the day. Jam that jam. And Boydega Vega says, funny enough, she was censored earlier in the match when she shouted, King Kong ain't got S word on me. <laughs> but though hole isn't a cursed word, in context, when referencing any body cavities, they tend to bleep. One can say kick ass, but not up the ass. Well, thank you, Bodega Vega. That's very interesting to know. Oh, Mr. Davis, a little birdie told me you don't have a hob anymore. Oh, what? By little birdie, you mean me. You mean (laughs) I I told you earlier my hob broke. Yeah, I was chatting to Luke earlier uh, and I told him, hey, I might have to go momentarily because the electrician's coming round. But I'll let him in. I'll join the call. It'll be fine. What I didn't think of is the electrician's going to take out the internet when he stops all the electricity happening in the flat. So that, that put an end to that. But yeah, Sunday morning, we got a make-away. You know make-aways? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where basically, like, it's a company sent you the stuff to make yourself, like, a restaurant-quality meal at home with, like, the cooking instructions. Me and, um, me and my wife were going to get one quite recently. Yeah, well, we've it's become a sort of weekly tradition for us because what's happened is is we're so middle class now. We want to see what it's like to work in a kitchen. Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah, we're yeah. doing here. So we got this Shoom, our favorite Indian restaurant. They sent us vegan so- like vegan sausage uh, naan wraps. Oh, oh. yes, They arrive mate. on Saturday. They arrive oh. on Saturday in their box. We're going to make them on Sunday. They break... They- include the loose leaf chai tea as well so you make this delicious vat of chai tea we're making it i turn up the hob to to just like put the the water on boil and then the whole flat just goes and i was like huh maybe it's that microphone i bought (laughs) 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 no it couldn't be the thing i just turned on 
that happened at the exact same time all the electricity cut out. I was like, oh, it's the uh, it's the new equipment I got on Friday, which isn't on right now. Well, I was going to say also that, but it's a USB. Like it's mm-hmm. not it's not plugged into the wall. It is plugged straight into your laptop via USB. I'm a smart guy, right? You're a mm-hmm. smart guy. I think this shows like the fog of the moment, the, com- the confusion <laughs> of why is my water not boiling anymore? Made me forget how everything works. And I went round the entire flat having different like control, like control panels, plug sockets off. I call them control panels. It's cooler. <laughs> and yeah, the, but it took it took about 10 minutes for us to go, oh, no, it's the hob. The thing yeah. we were operating when it all went kaput. So yeah, we haven't we haven't really used the hob for well, we haven't used the hob at all for two days. It's properly thrown me off. I have That's scrambled like, eggs every day. Yeah, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have a hob. Like I I, you know, I said this to you this morning, you're like, well, we're just gonna have to do, you know, everything in the oven. But like surely every meal that you have some element of it requires you to use uh the hob and when we moved into my old flat um that came with uh, when we bought it they were like here's some of the things that come with the flat it was a um it was one of those cases where the person who previously owned it had died and not left it to anyone so when we moved in basically just like the stuff that was there when she died was just still there like there wasn't any of the soaps or anything like that but like the hob was still there uh the oven was still there the washing machine was still there kind of like you know the white good stuff and it turns out all her clothes all her haunted clothes in the corner wedding dress just hang up on the back of the door just (laughs) (laughs) a collection of porcelain dolls the oh, folly around the yeah. room yeah 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 every now and again you'd look and you're like it's one of those missing and then you go back the next day you're like oh no no it's back now um <laughs> but as it turns out when we tried to use it the oven didn't work and we were like oh well that's now useless to us we ended up getting rid of that but we were like oh no now we've got to try and cook everything on the hob we tried to make chips on the hob and it was not as successful as you'd think it would be how did you do that just frying them just like frying chips yeah, yeah we like uh, on a lad's holiday in my youth uh we foolishly thought we'd save money one evening to you know spend more on fish bowls on the magaluf strip and our apartment had a no no oven but it did have a hob we bought a bunch of frozen pizzas not <laughs> thinking there's no oven yeah uh, but what we did is we got two frying pans and put them on top of each other to sort of create Brilliant. a Dutch oven on top of yeah, the hob and genius. put the pizzas inside. <laughs> Did it work? Oh, no, 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 no. no. It was, a, Although, it was just like a weird, soggy pizza disc. I'll be honest, though, that does sound more appealing than fish bowls on the Magaluf strip, which, I mean, ju- it sounds like a recipe for disaster. Hey, every bar has a unique offer for you guys to come in. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a it's usually a fishbowl and at least one round of jelly shots mm. vodka jelly I, shots i never did this sort of thing like in my sort of my teenage years or when i was at university or even after university go on like a lad's holiday i've never been on a lad's holiday uh to a place like that and like it was only until i saw the in between a movie and like they were, I think they're in Magaluf on that, and they show like this mm. sort of busy street of bars. And I turned to my wife and I was like, "Is this what it's like? Is this like do loads of people do this?" 
And um, I was like, yeah, 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 quite a lot of people uh, do this sort of thing. And I thought, man, if only I had friends, like maybe I could have done this sort of thing after I got out of university. It was that in-betweeners scene, by the way, because I've walked that strip. It is spot on. Really? Like the, that that whole bit. And like, and obviously, if you're not seeing the in-betweeners, US folk, it's sort of about, you know how you've got the jocks in America, the high school jocks, and then you've got the cool nerds, or you've got the arty drama school skaters. No one ever makes a show about the the, just the normal kids in the middle. The boring kids. Like, they're yeah. not geeks. They're not jocks. They're not nerds. They're just there. And there are four of them, and they're just there. Hmm. Well, that was my group of friends. And, yeah, we went to Magaluf. But the crushing thing is, you know, there's this strip, and there's so much activity in life. And, you know, the, the, someone comes up to you, usually a pretty lady from Newcastle, just, hey, up, lads. Come in. I've got a fishbowl for you. You get all these free shots and they're desperate to get you in there because there's no one else in there. Oh, hold hold the hold the phone. So I thought you meant like a bowl of fish, sort of like a no. fish sort of thing. Is it a drink thing? No, it's a it's a literal fishbowl. You know, like when you win a goldfish from the fair yeah, in yeah, the yeah. 50s. I know what a yeah, yeah, I know yeah. What a is. It's yeah. that shape, but filled with a kind of neon blue liquid. <laughs> Loads of ice and funny straws. I am so old. Like, I genuinely thought you were, like, going out for, like, you know, bowls of fish stew. And that's what was attracting you and your friends to the Magaluf's <laughs> Did you think it was an innuendo? No, no, I literally just thought it was like a fish stew. Like, there was, like, like a fish broth thing that you were just really into. Like, and that's why you're saying rather than go and get <laughs> a fish stew, we'll go get frozen pizzas instead. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you thought, you thought for si six minutes we've been talking about this. <laughs> yes. That we would go then. to Magaluf as 20-year-olds and get and be, people would ask us to come into their bars for warm yeah. fish broth. That was, which is why I said it sounds like a recipe for disaster because it does, it, does, it sounds incredibly unhygienic. Not just one bar. Not that that was just the quirk of one bar. Oh, it's the oh, fish yeah. broth bar. Every bar on that street, <laughs> come in, couple of vodka shots, fish bowl yeah. full of fish broth. No, it was some very watered down <laughs> alcoholic mixer. Oh, dearie me. Yeah. Uh, oh, anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> Long and short of it is, our hob's gone and we can't cook anything on it. <laughs> Uh, we're looking into induction hobs. We had the electrician over. He looked in the wall and he said, this is a quote, you have all the power in the world. What? Because he, he, apparently it's the thing, like with ovens, they might be hooked up to a 13 amp socket. You can't have a lot of induction hobs because they require too much something, I don't know, data. Power. And yeah. And... Yeah, he said, he said, you've got all the power in the world there because it's a weird way it's wired up. So mm. now I'm like, should we get three hobs? <gasps> what? what Layers. Previously. Well, we've got four hobs, but now I'm thinking four different, three different panels of hobs. Oh, I see. Maybe we just have one in the middle of the room on the floor. Yeah. And a long, I'm dangerous a... lead. Oh, we've we got a gas hob now. 
and I'm trying to get used to it. I'm really struggling because I'm so used to electrical hobs. I'm I'm burning things left, right, and center, or like struggling. I like I'm then moving them around. It's like having um, ah oh man, what are they called? The the ones that are on all the time. An arga. It's like having an arga where yes. like, you've got the four things and they're just all at different temperatures. I feel like that's what mine are like as well. They don't, like the flames are just different sizes on each one. My mum and dad have gas hobs, and because they're single-handedly the largest cause of climate change, they leave them on in the <laughs> winter months. They leave naked flames on in the kitchen to warm no. the kitchen up. No. It's insane. That, that is insanity. And I'll ask my mum, I say, what? but that's terrible. Like, just put on a jumper. She said, but it is cold in there. Like, I'm not <laughs> getting through to you. Right, anyway, we've got to get out of here. We've got to go, uh, a show to do. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you like this sort of waffle chat, I'd probably recommend getting Wrestle Talk Extra, which we're recording tomorrow, because the first half an hour of that won't be anything related to wrestling. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's all we've got time for uh, on this edition of the podcast. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with the AEW Review magazine show with Denise. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.